This is a show about jewelry, why we wear it, why it matters, how it's made, and what it means. I'm Alex D, and I turn cannabis into gold. I make mind-blowing jewelry in gold, silver, and platinum from cannabis plants here in Canada for stage, screen, for people who want to rock crazy jewelry. I'm the Cannabis Goldsmith. So this show's going to be a little bit different this week. I I know I mentioned before that my company is pretty old. We go back to 1993. We're kind of before the jewelry design, the super high-end jewelry design stuff. We were a digital communications publishing company in Canada, the first digital publisher in Canada in 1993 when we launched. So since then, I've always had a close, kept a close eye on the tech scene in Canada and in the United States. Now, I've never really invested in it. Probably a huge mistake on my part, not investing in it. But I've always kept my eyes on it. And I've known some of the early pioneers in Canada who later became famous. Companies that exist now that didn't exist when we started. Like we were before Google, even. So we were operating in the trenches of the early tech scene, and that's why I have a sort of comfort with it. This episode, I'm going to be talking about the code conference in California last week. It, for, for those of you, okay, those of you tuning in for the jewelry, there's going to be jewelry in this podcast, and it's going to be a serious jewelry discussion. So hang in there. About this code conference, it's a tech conference, and it's not really the type of tech conference you're familiar with where there's um, some dude, not like those TED conferences, where some dude in a, in a black jeans and a black T-shirt is stru- strutting back and forth across the stage with a headset on, you know, and a big, big display behind him, and he's waving his arms around talking about some shit. It's not like that at all. It's actually a stage with two chairs with a good journalist asking a tech person or somebody of an import to the tech world or community deep penetrating questions to try and get information out of them as to what the hell they're doing. Now, this is why I like code so much. The journalists who started it are the top tech journalists ever in the world, right? And the people who are doing it are sharp. These are the best tech journalists in the world. When CEOs show up to sit in the opposite chair, they're normally very well prepared. They're, I bet they're nervous as hell because they know that across from them, this journalist has probably got them all figured out and can ask some penetrating and probing questions. And what comes out of this whole environment, uh, this code environment, is journalism is broken live. So you get, you get somebody like Mark Zuckerberg breaking out into a panic attack. And like you get a famous a famous image like that. These are like images that are locked into the business world deeply, right? I'm going to talk about the import of this particular conference and other TED conferences as it relates to brands. But but more importantly, the jewelry people, hang in there, you've, 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 you've lasted this long. I'm going to review the jewelry worn at the main event at the Code Conference last week. And if you're not 
where of the main event, you, you know what the main event was, even if you're not a tech person. You've seen clips of this on TV. This was such a, just an interview from, this was the most bizarre interview I've ever seen. So it was, it was Julia Borst and the uh, senior media and tech correspondent from CNBC. She was the interviewer. Linda Yaccarino, the new CEO of X Twitter, was the person being interviewed. Now, this is the first time the new CEO of Twitter, I'm just going to call it Twitter because everybody knows what, what that is for now. This, is, this would be the first time that the CEO, the new CEO of Twitter, would be available for questions at a tech conference from, from journalists. People were interested to see how she would perform as a CEO, what, what was going on in the company, because nobody really knows. We get posts from Elon every so often as to what's going on. But I believe Linda was hired to, to bring more money and more advertising to the platform, to Twitter. Now, she has huge experience in this area. I mean, she's an ad person. So she sold advertising at scale for large media companies. So you would assume that this is, this is she has the chops for this. Everyone I know who, who has met her who, or who has interacted with her suggests this, right? They say, okay, she's good at that. But something else happened at the Code Conference, and I'm going to try and describe it. I'm not really going to be reviewing the content of what she is saying uh, during this interview, but I'm, I'm going to approach it visually. So I'm going to be reviewing the look, the looks of the, the journalist and the, the Twitter CEO what they were wearing, how they wore it, what it meant, the jewelry in particular I'm focusing on um, because that's what we're about. We're the world's luxury cannabis jeweler. We make the most amazing jewelry products in precious metal. Here in Canada, from live cannabis plants, we turn them into solid gold pieces of mind-blowing jewelry that you could pass on, that you could give to your kid for graduating college or that you can give to your granddad who has just discovered the benefits of using cannabis for his arthritis. That's where our products come in. We're a tribe. We're the cannabis goldsmith. We're Canadian, proudly Canadian. If you want to see what we do, visit tribe.ca. Send me an email and let's make something for you. We're a bespoke jeweler. And what that means, that's all just fancy talk for we do custom jewelry. We'll make something special for you that will blow people's minds or completely rock a stage. I think this is the first time in the history of tech that the jewelry has been reviewed at a tech conference. So I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm qualified. I'm going to do it. But, you know, this is just going to be my impressions here of, of what I see but the visual aspect of these encounters on the on the code stage is very important. This is an example. This is the the fine example of it. Now, as I said, I'm not going to go for the content. And you tech people listening to this, the non-jewelers among you, the tech people listening saying, oh, it's all about the content. Okay, yes, I agree. It's all about the content. Okay? I've listened to the content. I enjoy the content. You guys produce the best content. But that's not what this podcast is about. This is visual. So they run in parallel to the other aspects. So this is a really, really important session at the Code Conference. But this is the main event. I call this the main event. So everyone's tuned in to see what Linda Yaccarino, what she's like, 
How is she going to come across? I mean, this is the first appearance that she's having in public, basically. I mean, she's done industry shows and conferences, and she's released posts and tweets and maybe done some limited interviews with hand-picked people, but this is different. She's sitting in a chair here, and anything can be asked. Yeah, it's not, it's not a pleasant place, I think, for a CEO to be, even if they know what they're doing. I'm sure they're all terrified, but some of them handle it better than others. And in this case, I'll explain what happened visually. The vibe of this is just so strange. Okay, anyway, here we go. I first reached out to Julia Borston by email. I said, Julia, what were you wearing on stage? What jewelry were you wearing? Because I'm doing a show on jewelry. And she got back right away. And uh, she told me. I reached out to Linda Yaccarino through, I tried. I mean, it's, it's impossible to get a hold of her. There's no email contact. There's no mail contact. There's no nothing on the website. I would suggest for advertising, attracting advertisers, they need some way to actually contact you if they want to buy huge blocks of advertising, maybe. But anyway, I ended up just sending her a, a question uh, via post on X asking her what jewelry she wore. She hasn't responded yet. I, I don't, probably, she probably won't. Now, with my guesses as to what she was wearing, so it's not just me guessing, I also managed to convince our master goldsmith in Toronto to to have a look at the pictures, and um, also a fellow jeweler in Toronto who makes amazing products. He is like a master jeweler, and uh, I ran a picture past him too, just to get an idea of whether my eyes were seeing the right things or not. So that's, that's how I prepared for this amazing uh, podcast on the look at the main event, the jewelry looks at the main event at Code. So I reached out to Neelai Patel at The Verge and asked him to send some high-res photos, if he could, of Linda Yaccarina, because I wanted to look at her jewelry. And he got in touch with someone at Vox, and Vox sent us some photos. And I've been combing these photos and then sending some to my my colleagues in Toronto. I want you to think about this as a gladi, like it's like gladiatorial. I don't know if that's a word, but gladiators. Think about it as gladiators. This is the most important event, tech event, this year, I think. It's key for investors, for ad buyers, for this is this is serious, right? Like Twitter is is apparently losing huge volumes of advertising. They need to attract advertisers to the platform in order to pay the bills. The main reason I think Linda was hired was to bring advertisers to the platform. So here she is on the world stage. This is the world stage. All the bankers, all the ad buyers are going to be seeing this interaction. All of them, all of them. And so when you show up for something like this, and you're representing your company, your corporation, you got to bring your best. Or why even bother? Like, why even bother? But here's the, that's the, that's the base. That's the, the environment for this, these two chairs and these two women facing off against each other. It's very gladiatorial. Is it gladiatorial a word? Like gladiators, you know? Like coming at each other with swords. Anyway, so let me describe the vibe here. Julia's wearing a, a dark blazer. It's like a black blazer with gold buttons, gold military buttons on it. A white skirt, black shoes. She has 
two pieces of jewelry on that I can see, excluding the um, excluding the wedding bands. She has a gold chain around her wrist and a a small necklace, a chain necklace around her neck uh, that has some small gemstones in it, likely diamonds. So we reached out and she said that the the gold chain is an Anina Bing chain and it works with this blazer just right. It it carries the gold buttons onto the onto the wrist and the way she wore this bracelet as she wore it, it it was predominantly under the sleeve of the blazer it wasn't like sticking out and and it wasn't distracting right it was on her wrist it was next to the gold buttons it works perfectly with the outfit and something else about this bracelet I, I'm, I'm not sure i don't think it's um carat gold or precious metal uh, because it would be kind of heavy and I know Anina Bing does make like a, I think she makes a 14K bracelet, but she's generally not known as a jewelry designer, more more as a clothing um, shoe kind of thing, but not jewelry, not, pre- not precious metal jewelry. But this piece, it doesn't matter with this piece because it's it works with the blazer. It works with the look. It carries that solidity of the outfit. And the reason why that blazer is so important, I'm go- I got to talk about the clothes a bit because the clothes are uh, are are the canvas that ju- the jewelry is resting on that these women are are using to to display their jewelry. Their outfits are what think about the case, the display case for the the jewelry. The idea of a gold bla- a blazer, a dark blazer with gold buttons. It subliminally car- carries the image of authority across. It projects that. Think about U.S. Marines in a row with their dark uh, uniforms with gold buttons. You know, think about that. Think about, think about police officers. Think about, think about dress uniforms. You know, this is, uh, this is a kind of subliminal effect that's coming off this blazer. It's an authoritative vibe and and rightly so because julia is one of the top tech and media journalists in the world and this is congruent with who she is right this is she's ready she's sitting across stage from a, a, a tech ceo she's prepared she's authoritative she's not wearing anything that's too too like weird for this this is a business this is a business encounter is what this is about on stage. And she knows it, and she's bringing it. What she's wearing around her neck, Julia said her, her husband gave her the piece. She doesn't know any who made it or whatever, but it was given to her by a husband. And I, I know I've mentioned it in previous podcasts about, about the power of jewelry, or about power jewelry, where jewelry, jewelry takes on energies. Okay, don't okay, don't tune out now with saying, oh, he's getting into the woo-woo shit. I'm not. I'm I'm telling you that jewelry takes on energies uh, of the person who gave you the jewelry. This is why wedding bands and engagement rings are around too, you know? But if somebody gives you a, a necklace, it, it has that you have the memory of that person giving you the necklace and you're wearing that around your neck too, not just the necklace. So that's what I mean by the energy. You're bringing the energy with you. And we, we've done a show on amulets and talismans where, where jewelry can have, can attract good luck to you or it can repel bad luck away from you if you wear certain types of jewelry. And now a piece like this that Julia's wearing, now I'm quite certain she didn't choose it for this reason. 
I'm also quite certain that she's wearing it for this reason. I think she's wearing it on stage here to bring her good luck, to bring her good energy. I'm pretty sure consciously she didn't even think about that, or maybe she did. But I know that's why she's wearing it uh, with that outfit on stage. She's bringing her husband's love and support on stage with her, her family support. This is her, her grounding element in her outfit. It's so small, you can hardly see it around her neck. I mean, I had to zoom in on these photos to see it, but it's there and it's worn proudly. So this is a great piece of jewelry. I love it when you mix some, like a gift from somebody who loves you with a, with a piece that you've bought on your own somewhere. Like, or, yeah, it just, you get to, to determine a person's character, I think, by, by the way they combine these pieces in an outfit. Even, you know, a few pieces, like the, in this case with, uh, with Julia. I mean, they're worn well, and they serve the purpose here completely. They're totally congruent with why she's there. Now the gold bracelet. I'll talk about the uh, the its nature. It it's a um, it has round links. The links seem to be about five millimeters in thickness. They're they're quite large, maybe dime size or nickel size links. So something like that in in a carat gold would be very heavy to wear. Uh, so I suspect the links are hollow. But like I say, it doesn't matter. The links look they look great with the buttons, and they're thick. It's not a little dainty chain here. And, and this carries Julia's strength as an interviewer across in this interview. It's a, it's a substantial chain, but it's not displayed. It's, it's concealed almost. It's there. It's not shown off. It's just, it's an accessory, right? Okay, so that's, that's um, the one side of the face-off. On the other side is Linda Yaccarino. I know you've, you've, even if you're not an art person, you've seen this, you've seen this, you know what she looks like already because the, the news of this interview has, has traveled around the world twice already. It's got pictures of it around every news business cast, everything you're, you're seeing it all over. Yeah. Everyone knows what Linda Yaccarino wore now. And I'll talk more about that later in the podcast about fashion generally speaking, and tech conferences and how I think that should change. But but yeah, Linda Yaccarino, she walks out on stage. She looks absolutely frazzled. Frazzled. Now, that's the best the best way I can describe this. I, I had a friend in university. She was just so adorable. She, But she was frazzled all the time. She would like show up with two giant bags and then she'd like put them on the table and start pulling shit out, like, you know, looking for keys or fat or whatever. It would, it would be like shit would be all piled up everywhere. It would, everything would be in disarray. And she was trying to figure it out. This is, the, this is what Linda Yaccarino appeared like on stage for this interview. She was just all over the place. This was the overall vibe I got. But the clothing was odd, too. I... I she was wearing a jacket. Like I once bought a jacket, I think in London. I was passing through London, maybe in the mid-90s, yeah, the UK. And I was used to stop and buy records whenever I was going because like I'm, you know, kind of like I love playing vinyl. But I, I anyway, I'd buy 12-inch or 
fine or whatever in London. Even if I was stopping over at the airport for like six hours, I would go into town and buy vinyl, right? And I once bought this jacket in the mid-90s. Everyone was wearing these jackets. It's like you, they were turned inside out. You'd get a jacket, you'd turn it inside out, and all the frayed edges would be on the outside, you know? And, and this was like the cool thing to, to wear for maybe a summer or something. I bought one of these jackets. I think I still have it in the closet here somewhere. I don't even know if I wore it really, but this is what she wore. She wore a jacket that was essentially frayed on the outside. It was like all the seams were frayed, like everything, all the seams, the sleeve, the, the sleeve seams. That's a hard thing to say on a podcast. Sleeve. I'm not even going to try it. Um, but it was frayed, like loose threads everywhere, lots of buttons and vests and more fraying. I, the first thought I had was like, she's she's shredded. She's arrived pre-shredded. She's scattered. This is what I thought about this outfit. And now this is the outfit that the jewelry rests on. She was wearing brownie kind of leather pants. I mean, shoes to match. But it's this, this weird shredded jacket and the jewelry. The jewelry is interesting with Linda. No, it's it's really interesting. I had some trouble identifying it. It's really hard to identify jewelry from pictures. It's even if the photographs are great. And in this case, we had professional photographs where we, we didn't get high res images of the jewelry, but we could sort of determine what it was by looking at it. But in the case of the Emmy Awards or the Grammy Awards or the Academy Awards, when people are when corporations give the stars jewelry to wear, you know, on the, on the red carpet so that they can get their brand out, their brand name out there on the red carpet. You know, these pieces are usually massive. So, and they usually have some provenance that you can trace, or sometimes the photos, photos of them even appear in books. So when you see these huge diamonds or the things, it's usually easy to figure out where they came from because they're rare right? They're rare. They're not, they're not that many of them. And, and you can really figure out where they come from if they're big enough, like huge diamonds or whatever, diamond rings or earrings or weird colored stones. You can, you can usually figure it out. But in this case, when a, people, uh, when, a, when a person is wearing some of their own stuff, maybe some of the stuff they bought themselves, and there's no provenance that comes with it, you, you have to do the best guess. And that's what I'm doing right here. So Linda, she's wearing this this chain on her wrist, it's, these links are very large. They're like shower curtain rings. They're that big. And each link is made of balls, little, look like little metal balls, like BBs, but bigger, a little bit bigger maybe. And each link is constructed of little balls in gold. It looks gold. Right, we tried zooming in. I sent a photo to our goldsmith in Toronto and uh, another jeweler. We've uh, we've determined that it's not gold because if it was, it would be way too heavy. Also, the jeweler, uh, I, uh, my friend in Toronto, he makes a ring of similar design, but in gold, in real gold, and uh, it's called a bubble ring. He makes and it's it's made of these little small balls all arranged around the shape of a ring. Uh, and he makes these for your finger, right? Finger rings. But to make a giant, a giant link chain link the size of a curtain, shower curtain ring, this would be like really heavy. This would be like 20 gold rings, each one of those links, you know, like, like just ridiculous. The math doesn't work. So it's costume. Um, and it's weird. 
why why wear that? I mean, it's big. It doesn't really work with the jacket. I, d- I don't understand. But there's another piece that's even stranger, and it's on her middle finger. It's on Linda's middle finger. It looks like a giant, like an eight-carat diamond in a classic kind of Harry Winston, New York kind of vintage setting. You know, movie star, 1950, big, big diamond in, in a ring. You don't even see the setting because the stone is so big. And it's like you're driving down the highway and somebody has their high beams on. This is, you don't even see a setting when a stone is this big. So she's wearing this stone on her middle finger. And I'm thinking, this is very strange because if this is a diamond, this is going to be very expensive. And also, again, it'll have some provenance. You'll be able to look back and see, you know, is this real? Is it not real? And what's the deal here? So we looked at it. I got to say, I, I, went, I had to look back in. I, went, I Googled Linda Yaccarino's previous appearances at, Cannes, at the Cannes Festival, festivals, the ad tech conferences there, and in different public appearance, looking for this ring on her finger. And it seems to make an appearance at 2019. Um, she starts wearing this. And she's wearing it on her middle finger. So I'm thinking, okay, could it be something weird like, like, you know, a, a jilted fiance? She's, it's a fuck you to a jilted fiance. It's like, okay, you gave me this eight carat diamond ring, but I'm wearing it on my middle finger and I married some other dude. You know, it could, it could be that. You know, people wear jewelry for, for the most amazing reasons. But I don't think so. I think this is more of a... I don't know what this is. I'm trying to understand it and why it was even worn on stage. Okay. If it was real, you know, I, we reached, I, I roped all our people together. And, you know, if, it, if this stone was real, it would be like anywhere from $300,000 stone to $500,000 stone, just for the stone, okay? And like a half a million dollar stone. Is it? Do you think it is? I don't think it is. But, I mean, do you? think this is a, a half a million dollar diamond she's wearing on her middle finger. You decide. Look at the pictures. Just just look at the code conference and zoom in on her right hand and you'll see what I'm talking about. To give mo- people a general sense of diamond, diamond, diamonds. I mean, look, most people wear diamonds that are like one carat or less in in the public. They wear diamonds that are, you know, maybe two carats or less. Anything above two carats used to be like really, you know, the prices would just just go through the ceiling. And the better the quality, the better, the higher the price is. And something like this looks very flashy. And size, something like this, when you hit an eight carat size, there can be flaws and it can still be worth that much money because they're so, still quite rare. Is it a real diamond? But here we are looking at this visually, deciding deciding if it's real or not. And her jacket is completely shredded. There's a an eight carat maybe diamond on her finger. Like that image alone just doesn't work, right? It doesn't. And then add the giant the shower curtain link chain. There's something off about it. So I guess her jewelry was congruent with her appearance because she was off. I mean, uh, that's all I can say. I've never seen an interview like this in my life. I mean, we all have bad days. I have freaking bad days all the time where I'm like just 
just saying random shit or dropping stuff all day long or like banging into doors. I, I, you know, I have bad days. We all do. But this is different, right? When you're a CEO of a tech company, of one of the world's top tech companies, apparently, you don't have time for that. You're earning the big money to, to, to bring it, even if you have an off day. Or cancel, right? Cancel. That's what you do. But anyway, look at the jewelry here. On the, so there's a big kind of, kind of costume piece on her, on her right hand. There's a big costume uh, chain on her right wrist. And then let's go up to her neck now. She's wearing two tiny little gold chains around her neck. These are small. They're tiny little things. One of them is a cross, um, a gold cross. It looks gold. And the other one is a, a word pendant. You know, sometimes you get names of people with little micro pave gems set in them. It's a little tiny thing. Usually... Kids give these to their parents, you know, for Christmas or whatever, worth like a hundred bucks, you know, maybe it's better, whatever. But that's not the point of the, something like that. It's usually something a kid gives to their parent, their mom, or, you know, just, just loaded with love and, and, um, and anticipation of how appreciative mom will be and she will wear it everywhere. So I think maybe... In this case, Linda's wearing uh, a gift. And and the pendant says mama. And it's a tiny little word pendant. It looks gold. It's got micro pave gems set in it. Micro pave means really, really small. Like tiny, 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 tiny stones set in by computer usually close together. So it has like a carpet effect. Sparkly, in other words. So this is what she's wearing around her neck. Now, okay, what I would have done is take all the jewelry off except for the wedding rings and the engagement rings. Keep one item around the neck. In this case, mama would have been would have been perfect. It would have just been perfect. Because I understand Linda is a mother, it would have been true. And as CEO of Twitter, it would also be ironic. I mean, just think. Mama. And it would offer a, a, a bit of a an icebreaker between Julia across the way in her authoritative outfit, it, it would offer a bit of warmth across the divide. So that's what I would have done. Also, not worn that, that pre-shredded jacket because Jesus, Linda needs, I'm sure Linda has budget for this. She should get a stylist or fire her stylist or get a jewelry stylist just for these, if she's making appearances. Somebody that can walk in front of her and say, no, 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 take that off, take that off, put that on, go. You know, like they do backstage. They used to do backstage at these fucking runway events. This is, you need this. Even even the top fashion designers in the world, before they send people out, they make sure they look okay, right? And uh, Linda, you need this. You need this. It's part of the package of being a CEO. But I know all you tech people listening are saying, oh, but it's about the content. Yes, it is about the content. Of course, of course, foremost and firstly, she should have been prepared for the interview. But having clothes that work and jewelry that, that works and that is congruent with the message you want to convey, this is important and critical. But I want to say one more thing about Julia's outfit. 
the real power jewelry, the real mega, megawatt high jewelry that Julia was rocking on that stage was the stack of index cards in her hand that said code on the, the back side. But on the other side that we couldn't see was data, questions, like solid gold throwing knives. Now, that was the real jewelry in Julia's hand at this code conference. Linda needs to go back and... and Linda should ask for a redo, is what she should do, and come back fresh, prepared. And just say, look, I, I just, you know, I, I just had a bad day. So she can always pull back from it. Will she? I don't know. Jewelry can be more than a black cowboy hat and a 50 caliber machine gun. It can be a tiny little pendant that says mama or a nicely worn gold chain or a stack of index cards in the hand. Okay. I had some realizations while I was looking at this conference visually, reviewing visual aspects of it. I was thinking... I started flipping through the pictures that Neil I had sent and looking at the earlier day and seeing the different people involved in the conference. And, and something struck me is why, why aren't brands populating these journalists and the conference itself with amazing stuff? I mean, granted, there's pole stars out in, outside, you know, because they're, I guess they're a sponsor and they want to show off the electric car. It's a tech conference. I mean, you know, you can sort of understand that. But no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Hollywood is fucked. Remember back in the day, I was saying earlier that these big jewelry brands would deck out the stars to walk down the red carpet. Why? Because people were watching. People were actually watching what the, st the stars walking down the red carpet. They were the, the billboards for these brands' luxury products. Hollywood is fucked. There's no more Hollywood. Nobody watches those shows anymore. I can bet that more people watched Linda Yaccarino and Julia Borston, that encounter, than watched the last 10 Academy Awards. And they, they're seeing it again and again still a week later on, on multi-platform media around the world. So I was thinking, why aren't brands understanding this? Like if I was a mass market luxury brand like, like uh, I don't know, like LVMH, their brands where they make a bunch of stuff, uh, luxury stuff. Um, this, why, why are they, why are they populating movie stars with um with with their products when and nobody's even watching right here's this is where they're watching so why not deck out the uh the code conference people with with product like good product now you're saying oh no this is a bit of a reach for tech people right there they were black t-shirts and hoodies yes but why do they wear look the We've grown up. We're out of university now, right? Aren't we? Like these companies are the most valuable companies in the world. That stage was the most, it was the most important, important business news story in the world. And it was happening right there. Millions and millions of people are glued to it. What better place to put jewelry, you know? Now, granted, my brand, Tribe, we make custom pieces, one-off pieces. So 
I mean, if I put a piece on somebody at the code conference, you know, it might not be, we, we don't sell two. We only make one at one of each, right? So it might not be the best fit for us, but for somebody who is trying to mass market luxury to, to, um, to affluent people, this is where they should be placing products. I don't understand why, why the tech people haven't seen it, seen it. I think there, the, and the tech media people haven't seen it. This is, this is a huge untapped, untapped thing that you guys need to be looking at. You got to grow out of hoodies and t-shirts. I know you're going to be kicking and screaming when you do, you know, it's like, oh no, no, no. But you're well out of university. You're the most influential people in the world now you tech journalists and you you tech billionaires look i mean look look at it it's like you have this this environment you have the richest people most powerful people in the world you have other people asking them questions everyone is watching this is where you this is where brands need to put products okay uh, anyway that's i've i've said my piece so code or or um tech conferences maybe you should look at hiring uh a stylist maybe who who can sort this shit out and, and take the look up a bit better. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, no, it's about the content. Yes, 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 it's about the content. But it should also be about visual, the visual beauty. And, and, and if it's so well put together technically and journalistically, it should be the same visually. That's all I'm saying. Something else I understood when I when I was looking at all these pictures that that Neilai sent over is I started looking at some of the other guests and and Neilai, Neilai and Casey, you guys have to start wearing jewelry. Really, I'm looking at Neilai. Here's this good-looking dude. He's a big dude wearing black T-shirts. He's wearing some kind of black Apple Watch. All these guys wear these Apple watches. This is not jewelry. You need jewelry. You need a good piece of jewelry. With a black outfit like this a silver chain on your wrist, something robust and substantial. I think, I think, I know you, um, I assume from your postings in the past that you have a fondness for vintage audio amplifiers, in particular Pioneer, the old pioneers of the 1970s and I guess late 1970s, beautiful amplifiers. The switches, the kerthunk, when you, the, the knobs click, when you, when you, that, that nice thunky setting, the switches. Think about that when you're looking for a bracelet. Get a bracelet that is thick and has that nice smoothness in the silver, the thickness, and you, you'll, you'll carry that vibe onto your wrist. And I think because you're up there waving your hands around, holding mics, you know, and making announcements, you're emceeing stuff, a chain like this on your wrist would work really well. So, Neilai, that's my fashion advice for you as a, a good jewelry designer that you need to listen to. And Casey Newton. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm a huge fan of Hard Fork, and um, I'm not a subscriber to Platformer because I'm too busy making jewelry. But if 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 I wasn't, I'd be a subscriber to Platformer. But anyway, Casey Newton's one of the top tech journalists in the country, in the U.S., in the world probably right now. Um, he does a podcast called Hard Fork, a New York Times podcast. But he's on stage here. He's wearing a sort of a lightish blue color suit. It's different than what everyone else is wearing. 
everyone else is, all the guys are in black t-shirts, of course. And, uh, but no, Casey's wearing a, a nice suit. It almost has a spring-like feel to it. Now, in California, I guess it's always spring in California or summer, but up here it's starting to be fall. But the suit looks great. The only thing it's missing is a man brooch. Casey, you need a man brooch. And I'm not talking one of these, you know, man brooch with dangly bits like like uh, the, the Maisons put on the hip-hop stars at the Grammys. They, they didn't even know what those meant, and they were wearing those, and it looked weird. But no, I'm talking about a man brooch. If you're if you're at a flea market wherever you live and you're you're spending an afternoon walking around and you see a vintage piece of jewelry, a brooch, and it strikes your fancy, put it on your lapel. You've got those two frickin' giant lapels. Use one of them and put a brooch on it. Or have us make you something that that maybe is relevant to your personality or the work you do and put it on on your on your lapel now i mean you you guys i mean this might be a bit of a stretch because you're also focused on content and journalism and accuracy of content and the importance of content and all that i i, I yes okay i get that but let's take up the jewelry let's take up the looks let's make tech more fabulous the Cannabis Goldsmith is produced by Tribe Communications, Inc. in the Thousand Islands area of Ontario, Canada. You can see what we do at tribe.ca. Send us an email, alexd at cannabisgoldsmith.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Cannabis Goldsmith.